welcome to Judgy Crime Girls. I'm Andrea. And I'm Claudia. Claudia. We're here for you. Hi, everyone. Hello, this weekend always. Thanks for tuning in. Yes, thank you. And what a gorgeous weekend it's going to be here. It's hot, fr- hot, hot. It's Friday. It's the weekend which we should mention we're probably going to start maybe recording on Fridays mm-hmm. just hectic life schedules kids are back in school mhm yeah things are a little bit more hectic i shared with you um my science experiment equations <laughs> i had to give emory i had to give examples of variables <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> she's so cute when you do um science experiments on things and it's you know the the independent variable versus the dependent variable and they were giving examples about plants and i saw emory's face just kind of drop (laughs) in disdain so i hear i am i'm like let's just talk murder for a second you know two ounces of arsenic versus three (laughs) you always have to pick the same 35 year old man no i'm kidding okay (laughs) well you gotta find what clicks with them you know yeah yeah we can't help it it's what we do it's what we know and understand it's just murder it's just murder we always go back to it and she's like tell me more and we watched only murders in the building you guys you guys i just finished episode four so i love me some steve martin love him love him but selena selena gomez is almost stealing the show because she has like no emotions whatsoever she's always like no to all of it i mean she's just so funny love it well you kind of have to have a character that's mellow yeah. in that well because martin short is he's absolutely not he's like everywhere <laughs> he's too much for me yeah i think I he's too it, much though. for her too she's just like uh yeah yeah well she good. i just saw a TikTok uh that she did and it's you know the they're on the set you know but not filming and and it was really cute so cute love that yeah love Um, that show tune in watch it it's on hulu guys yeah it's adorable and you told me this morning i mean my jaw dropped you guys wow yeah about um an article you had read oh my gosh fill fill them in well uh so i saw it on the news and there is this couple in um and their one-year-old daughter and their dog is that the one you're talking about yeah. oh, yes yeah um because i talked about a couple of them but anyway they uh just mysteriously died in uh sierra state park or mm-hmm. something it's right by yosemite um national park and uh, they can't they don't know how they died mom dad one-year-old baby girl and the dog just found dead dead no inward outward no injuries nothing so they're kind of saying there there is some toxic algae 
somewhere i don't know if they drank water if they i have no idea they don't even know it was all over the news and that's what's crazy is nobody knows what happened mm -hmm. even the dog was dead yeah no no defense wounds nothing. nothing just they're just all three of them dead and what was it you said uh dad and the daughter were over here and mom was a little bit up the hill or something the father was sit in a sitting position um with the baby and the dog and then the mother had gone like up up the path a little mm -hmm. bit up the way and that's like how they were found yeah. so weird you guys super weird if you guys are following it let us know seriously because this is like my newest obsession me too you as of yesterday <laughs> you can't not look away you just keep oh and the picture they break your heart oh, such an adorable family yeah anyway i think it was the sierra national forest yes yeah mm -hmm. so yeah i'll be watching it closely so yeah well it's summertime still even though everybody's into their pumpkin spice Ugh, no i'm here to Just remind no you to all of it claudia and i are here to tell you <laughs> that we still have a couple more weeks left and of summer and you know the weather it's gonna be like 88 and 90 degrees this weekend how can you have your pumpkins out it's wrong grable festivals going on mm -hmm. The, there is the Hippie Festival in Angola. Um, there's one in Roanoke. Har Do they call it Harvest Festival or something in Roanoke this weekend? So That's more my speed. You will see me at uh, in Grable because I'm all about the Amish baked goodies. <laughs> That's what I'm there for. Well, speaking of summer kind of a good segue into my story today da -da. <laughs> da -da, da -da, da -da. <laughs> I did that on and off all day <laughs> oh you make me laugh so hard this story makes me laugh so hard I cannot wait to hear this it is crazy this you guys are in for a treat it's gonna be a good one you can probably guess what what it's about i think i kind of gave it away we have for you it's my gift it's a shark murder mystery this is crazy it's bananas it's you're never gonna stop thinking about this i read this and i literally got goosebumps i was like i have stumbled upon gold mm -hmm. and you literally just stumbled upon it because uh, you were looking something up and you're like oh, this is so good <laughs> i'm like don't tell me don't tell me well it's kind of an oldie but a goodie i mm -hmm. mean usually i'm not super intrigued by like old murders mm -hmm. but this one this one has so many crazy ass things so bizarre uh that i just could not believe it but basically there's something fishy in <laughs> sydney australia that we're gonna talk about today but 
So if you're eating, I'm going to recommend you probably not, even though food sounds so good right now and I'm yeah. hungry. I'm telling you, if you are eating, push pause, <laughs> finish eating, because this um, story does involve some vomiting, uh, you know, murder, crime, drugs, the usual, and some suicide. So prepare yourself. Um, but this story has a shark that starts a murder investigation. All right. So. Da, da. Da, da. <laughs> <laughs> so this happened in Australia. And it's this beautiful beach, you guys. Coogee Beach, which is still thriving today. It's beautiful. I printed out a picture for us. They um, reinstalled a beautiful... Um, it's like a shark barrier, which I had never seen before. I actually had to print it out and show Claudia. And she's like, well, yeah. <laughs> she goes more places than me, apparently. But but the water, I'm looking at the picture, and it's like, ooh, that's what I'm going to be swimming in pretty soon. Not in Australia, but. Yeah, she she got her snorkels. Um, and snorkel goggles gear. Yeah, I was going to say, wasn't it like a whole set? Mm -hmm. Okay. I've never been snorkeling. I think I would be too afraid. Honestly, I don't want to know what's in there. Well, I made I... everyone get me one because there was a limit one. They had a $10 coupon. So I'm like, Andrea, I'll Venmo you right now. Can you get this for me? <laughs> And you know I've got your back. You did. Thank you. I do. So this happened uh, at this beach. This, um, this guy built a beautiful aquarium. And it was an entertainment venue at the time. And we're going all the way back to 1935. I mean, it was forever ago. Okay. But... It was gorgeous. It was a big deal. Thousands of people would come and um, enjoy the beach and go over to the aquarium that sat beachfront. Mm -hmm. And in the pictures, you know, kind of reminded me like of a museum or something. Okay. You know, like you would go to Chicago and go mm -hmm. to the aquarium there. Well, this one, well, you know, was a while ago, so not as fancy. It's mm -hmm. not like you could go under and look through the glass or anything like that. This one had like shallow pools that you could walk up to and mm. see what was in. Okay. And um, the business wasn't doing so well at the time. So uh, Bert Hobson, the business owner, was trying to think of some ways to drum up business. And he and his son, they go out fishing and they end up catching a tiger shark. Mm -hmm. Well, at that time, tiger sharks were kind of catching a bad rap because recently there had been like three or four deaths due to them. And so he decides he has this great idea. He is going to capture, capture this tiger shark, bring him back into the aquarium and he thinks people are going to love to see this man-eating creature up close. Okay, yeah. And a long holiday weekend was coming up, and that's exactly what happened. You know, he advertised it as such, come see the man-eating shark. And it was <sighs> massive, Claudia. It was 14 feet long. Oh, wow. You know, 
and it wasn't in a huge pool either. I mean, so you can, and that would make it appear that much bigger to me, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Um, anyway, people came from all over to see it. There were journalists there, mm. um, families, small kids. Look at the shark, mommy, <laughs> you know? And, um, <clears throat> they all gather in for the long holiday weekend and, the, at that point, the shark had been in there for seven days, swimming around, and he seemed to be adjusting all right, but he refused to eat mm. that whole time. So then, um, at the horror of the crowd, he starts convulsing <gasps> and begins to vomit. Oh. I know, I know, but... So bubbling to the surface, first he pukes out a bird. Oh. And they're all just kind of like, ew. Mm. I mean, I mean, I do. I feel bad for the shark. I do. But can you imagine going to like the zoo with your family or whatever? And you just, you're like, oh, kids, don't look, you know? Right. So next, moments later, the, sh the shark then spews out a rat. And then well, he's they're been busy. How, well, how did he eat a rat? I don't. Well, he hadn't eaten anything all week at the aquarium, so they're just kind of like, "Oh, well, maybe you're a little sick, right?" So then he vomits up a human arm <gasps> in the tank in front of everyone, and everybody is mortified. You know, they were already just. He's getting sick in front of them, but when the arm comes out, everybody is just scattering out of there, right? Oh, yeah. they don't, they're like, oh my gosh, what did I even just see? And Bert was mortified that he had chosen a shark that had already attacked <laughs> an actual well, human. He, he advertised it as a man-eating yeah, shark. Like, this is not good. This is backfiring business, you know? <laughs> and can you imagine, like, just burping and then this like fingers come out you're just like oh, oh sorry just a little i don't know I'll so like, is that a mannequin <laughs> it's never it's it's never, never a mannequin, mannequin. no <laughs> so bert calls the police and they fish the arm out can you imagine like our guys here cleaning the pool they're always like oh, oh. my gosh leave leaves no it's an arm <laughs> so they um they take the arm where it can be looked at and, you know, hopefully identified right. And after examination, they state that the arm was well preserved, considering it had been in the shark's stomach for at least a week because the shark, you know, had been in there. Mm -hmm. And Bert said he stayed with the shark from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. each day during the time it was in the swimming bath area. But, you know, witnesses to the shark vomiting swore there had been nothing in the water beforehand mm -hmm. while they were there. Um, the rat and bird that the shark threw up were well decomposed, but the arm wasn't. <gasps> it was weird. Like they had happened at totally different times, you know? Um, so police consulted several experts to understand how a limb could remain intact inside a shark for at least a week. Yeah. 
And so they call the incident extraordinary. And from what they learned from analysts about the condition of the arm is that it should have taken no longer than two days. So there's a big mystery surrounding like, how did the arm last this long? Did it, was it just, I will get into this more. Hang on a sec. So um, they notice on the forearm, there is a tattoo. Mm -hmm. Friends, this is tattoo corner. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So this aids them in identifying the body because it was a very distinct tattoo of two men boxing each other. So had it not been for this tattoo, I don't think this case would have been solved. Um, Oh, because uh, it's a smart thing to do to have multiple tattoos, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, So one of the things. And the other interesting things that they noticed was that there was a rope still attached to the wrist of this arm. So, and, and that it appeared to be a man's arm. So, but the most interesting thing was that the arm had been cut very cleanly. Oh, so it wasn't bitten off by the shark. No, the coroner told the police he didn't think it was a shark victim. And the shark had eaten someone that had been dismembered. Okay. Yeah. And the rope would also suggest that this person had been bound at some point. So I feed you to the shark becomes real. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Well... I mean, it, you would think it would be a good way of dismembering, like dismembering the body, throwing it in the ocean. Mm-hmm. But no, not so much. Nope. Nope. Sharks puke. Who knew? So this this is hilarious to me. So they were kind of desperate to figure out who this arm belongs mm-hmm. to. So they take pictures of the tattoo and the arm, and they just kind of release it to the news. And they're like, if this is your arm, please give us a call. Oh, 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 like I'm obviously probably dead. Maybe we don't know. Mm-hmm. Probably <laughs> right. So, like a family steps forward that recognizes the tattoo, okay. and the man is formally identified, belonged to 45 year old Jimmy Smith. So, um, he had been reported missing. And he was a well-known barkeeper and lightweight boxer. His family did not know of any, like, enemies that mm-hmm. they have. Because that's always the first thing they ask you. They're like, well, right. do you have any enemies? My family would be like, yes, no. she did. So he had been reported missing by his wife a couple of weeks earlier. She had said he was going on a fishing trip and that he never returned. So after three or four days, she got worried and reported him missing to the police. Um, Well, several days later was when the shark brought up his arm in the tank. So the timeline fit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jimmy was uh, also working for a local businessman who was in the business of building speedboats on Coogee Beach. And his name was Reginald Reginald Holmes. Reginald Holmes. Reginald. Yeah, we're just going to call him Holmes because it's like, 
He was Reggie. Reggie. He was a good looking guy, mm-hmm. actually. And I'll post his picture, okay. everybody's picture. And um, it's funny because Jimmy Smith, the one that, you know, supposedly, he didn't get eaten by the sh- shark. Was he did get to the shark. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jimmy, he actually has like shark teeth. So it's kind of yeah. easy to, you can spot him straight away. You're like, oh, that's definitely the shark guy. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, Reg- Reginald Holmes, he's the business owner of this, you know, building speedboats on Kuji Beach. I'm just going to call him Holmes. Uh, but he was a well-respected man on the surface. <gasps> but it would turn out that he was actually running all kinds of shady shit oh, in his business. Okay. So... He had been working for this shady guy for a few years and police found out, you know, that the reputable business wasn't what everyone thought it was after doing some digging. He was drug trafficking for sure. (laughs) Ships would come into the bay and dump off boxes into the ocean that contained cocaine and then... Holmes would have a few of his staff members, including Jimmy Smith, take the speedboats out into the bay, collect the boxes, and then they would sell the cocaine. Okay, so they knew about his side hustle. Yes. Okay. They figured it out. Okay. Like, the average person had no idea. Jimmy was going to sing like a canary. Jimmy had enough. Probably. That's, huh. one, that's one theory. Mm. But um, Holmes was running insurance scams as well. Another man. So there's three men we're going to talk about. So another man was working with the two of them. And this guy had a lengthy criminal record. Mm-hmm. The other two did not. So now we have Holmes, Smith, and Brady. Holmes was the business owner. Jimmy Smith was the victim. And Brady is the other employee that's involved the one okay the bad guy okay well they're all terrible they're all all bad so brady had a long history but first dabbled in the art of forgery he shared his talent with the others and they started kind of collectively forging checks together and i mean i like calligraphy too (laughs) who doesn't right? right so brady brady would forge signatures of holmes's customers because he had very wealthy clients in Sydney that would buy speedboats. Mm-hmm. And then Holmes would have have Brady forge signatures onto checks. Okay. Um, so they would embezzle money here and there and run insurance schemes where Holmes would take in boats. And then he would sink them and get the insurance <gasps> money for them. It's like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. I'll think about it tonight. Shark bait business. Okay, <laughs> we need to, we do need to come up with a way to make some more money. Okay, I'm no kidding. All right, so Smith and Brady were assisting him in all of this, just on the down low. So so then it's believed, as Claudia also believes, that um, Smith and Holmes, Jimmy Smith and Holmes, have a falling out, and it's believed over money. So. Jimmy Smith starts feeling he's being undercut. 
He goes to Holmes and he says he's going to rat him out and tell people what's actually going on mm-hmm. if he doesn't get more money. And Jemmy thinks that Holmes will just pay him more and has no idea he's just put his life in danger, right? So this is when they believe Jimmy Smith went missing. So we're going to the evening of April 7th, 11 days before the tiger shark would be caught. Okay. So this is the evening Jimmy Smith is last seen. And the last person they were seen, he was seen alive with is Brady. The one with a rap sheet. Yes. Okay. Sorry. So the two of them had been seen at a bar playing cards by witnesses in Cronella, a nearby town. And then they went back to Brady's house afterward, which is also in Cronella. Same town, same area. Mm-hmm. To their knowledge, nobody else really lives around there or would be there. Um, so that evening would be the last anyone ever saw of him, witnesses, anyone. But that wasn't the last time that Brady was seen that evening, though. Okay. A taxi driver came forward and said that he picked up Brady from his home alone and said he drove him to Holmes' address, the business owner. Hmm. He said that his that ride stuck out to him because of the way Brady was acting. He looked distressed and out of sorts. He had his coat all done up and was holding it tight. It was obvious he was hiding something in it. <gasps> yeah. Now, you can only imagine what's in that coat, right? So police... Um, Police know something's up, and they bring Brady in on charges of forgery, but they don't really care too much about that. They just want to get him in Mm -hmm. the station. Um, So they ask him about Jimmy, and Brady goes into denial and says he doesn't know anything about his disappearance. But all that I can envision is like him hiding this huge arm in his trench coat and like sliding (laughs) it into the coat sleeve. But why take an arm? Oh, I'm going to get to that. So um, he goes into complete denial. Uh, Hang on just a second. He doesn't know anything about the disappearance. Um, and he, but he drops Holmes' name, oh, his boss, right? Okay. So he's like, perhaps you should be talking to Holmes, oh. right? He's kind of pointing a finger at a, at his boss. So police go and pick up Holmes, who was going to be getting into trouble anyway because of all the other shit that mm-hmm. was going on. Um, and they bring him in and question him. Well, Holmes also goes into complete denial and even goes as far as saying he doesn't even know who Brady is. Oh. <laughs> right? I mean, Brady works for him. Right. He knows who he is. Uh, well, he tries to, he's trying to protect his reputation in his business. I mean, he he's really well known in the community. He, mm-hmm. has, he has a good um, business and people respect him. Mm-hmm. He makes good money doing what he's doing. Everyone thought... He was a good guy. Police let him go. But over the next few days, um, he starts to panic. And he realizes police are closely kind of watching him. 
his business and reputation are in trouble, so he decides to do what anybody else does. I mean, he gets incredibly drunk. <laughs> That's what I do. Uh, well, okay, so this next part, probably not, but he takes one of his speedboats out and a gun, and he just starts driving erratically in the bay. Okay. He speeds around, and he's scaring people, and but then he attempts to shoot himself in the head. <laughs> So, the small... Yeah, not suspicious at all. No, well, it's, you know... So, the small bullet smacks against his forehead and only... <laughs> it Stop! I'm going to smack you in the forehead. Okay. So, for a moment... Okay. He loses consciousness and it just kind of knocks him out of the boat, but the water brings him back. <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck happened? So... Oh, wow. <laughs> So what does he do? He climbs back into the boat and drives around like a maniac in the bay. So the bullet just, excuse me, just smacks him in the head. It doesn't go in. Nothing. No. no. He's just got a little bump on the forehead. I mean, I thought I had a hard head. Oh, my God. No. So can you imagine all of these people in the bay, other concerned boaters in the area, they call the police, right? And they're like, well, can you describe him? And they're like, the guy with the hole in his head. Oh. You know, because he's driving around with okay. this, like, there's blood everywhere all over his face. And he's driving frantically around the bay. Okay, so they go and the police come. Claudia, this <laughs> this turns into a four-hour boat chase. <laughs> I, there's, okay, yeah, there's like a hole in his head and he just won't stop going. So eventually Holmes gives himself up and he claims that he didn't shoot himself. He states that he was fleeing from the person that shot him and he thought that though, that it was maybe the police that had shot him. Oh, my him. God. So that's what he says. So the police are like, yeah, no, that's definitely not what happened here. But they, you know, take him to the hospital to recover. And the doctor said it was a miracle. He was still alive. And they take him in to the police station again as soon as they can. And they question him. Mm -hmm. Well, this time he gives a much different story. So... Holmes says on the night of April 7th, Brady showed up at his home out of the blue, because remember, he doesn't know him, mm -hmm. and pulled out Jimmy Smith's arm oh. out of his jacket and laid it on his coffee table. And he says, I've killed him, I've dismembered him, and I put the rest of him in a trunk and dumped it in the bay. But here is his arm, though, so you know who it is. <laughs> That's why he brought the arm with the tattoo, because nobody else would have right, that. He right. wanted to prove that he did it. Um, so he says he put the rest of him in the bay. Uh, and so he says to Holmes, if you don't give me more money out of the business, I'm going to pin this murder on you. Holmes says that that to the police. Mm -hmm. That is Holmes' story. Okay. So Holmes tells police that he paid him 
because he was worried. He was scared, couldn't believe what he had done to Jimmy Smith. Well, Brady left the house and left the arm laying on the coffee table. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I just keep envisioning, well, you can keep the arm. Bye. Yeah. Like, just... so Holmes panicked. He took the arm, went out to one of his speedboats and threw it out in the bay. Police are not sure that this is exactly what happened, of course. Um, Holmes is saying he didn't order a hit on Jimmy, even though the original story was that Jimmy was trying to blackmail Holmes as well. So they aren't entirely sure if Holmes was this innocent or if he actually did solicit Jimmy's murder and got Brady to do it. Mm -hmm. But they are starting to think that Brady is the only one that's really capable of carrying out the act because he's the one with the rap sheet and history. So... Um, it just sounded like something he would be more capable of coupled with the fact that he was the last one seen with him that night. Right. So police don't have the rest of the body. So up until Holmes's testimony, everything they've got on Brady is circumstantial. So they tell Holmes, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to charge you as an accessory to murder unless you agree to be the key witness at Brady's trial. Mm -hmm. Well, Holmes doesn't really have a choice at this point uh, because he's going to go down for other things with the business. Mm -hmm. uh, but an accessory to murder would make it even worse. So he agrees and a trial date is set for actually a couple months later, which isn't bad, June 12th. Um, but early in the morning, just before the trial, Holmes was found in his car with three bullet holes to his <gasps> chest. He was their only, oh. yeah, he was their only, I mean, everyone immediately thinks, well, this is Brady's doing. Yeah, but wasn't he in custody? Uh, he could have a hitman or whatever, yeah. so... Mm -hmm. Uh, he had the motive to take Holmes out. So the trial moves forward anyway, but quickly it falls apart. And the prosecution uh, said that the time frame all adds up. The witnesses state what they had seen, but without Holmes's testimony, the defense stated, ultimately, you don't have a body and... You can't prove he was murdered. There could be a one-armed Jimmy Smith out there. Oh. You cannot prove he did it. No body, no murder. And that day, <gasps> Brady walked free. I mean, they're kind of right. You don't know. Jimmy could be out there with one arm. One-armed Jimmy. What's that song that's like, the drummer's only got one arm? I don't know. There's a song. My husband knows it. <laughs> No, I don't not I don't think I know it. Oh, well. One day he'll listen that, to this and is, tell me. So weird though. Well, they have the taxi driver. Yes, and he did testify. Okay. But, you know, I mean But he didn't see it. He just thought thought it was he was hiding something. I mean, you could say the same thing about me on Monday mornings. They'd be like, she looked disheveled. <laughs> she looked like something happened. Yeah. Every Monday. That's me every day. Uh, so there 
are so many theories about this case. A lot of people felt that Holmes's story was true. Brady had killed Smith for his own personal gain to get mm-hmm. more money. Some people were saying they believed Smith was still alive somewhere. Uh, but his wife was like, fuck you guys. He would not do that to me. She slammed that down straight away. Okay. Um, there was also a theory that Holmes hired Brady to do it. Mm-hmm. And it started to come out that Jimmy Smith the whole time had been working for Holmes. Get this. Okay. Jimmy Smith was also working as an informant to the police oh. the entire time. The entire time he was working for Holmes. Yes. He was actually just an informant for the police. <gasps> Maybe that's what they found out. Could have. Could have. And if they found that out, he would have tried to find a way to take him out. For sure. And he did. I betcha that's what happened. Probably. So, but remember, Holmes had been somewhat suicidal after everything came to the surface, right? He mm-hmm. tried to shoot himself in the head. Well, his business and his whole reputation had gone down the drain, even though it looked like he had been taken out the morning of the trial. It was noted that just before he died, he had taken out a very big insurance policy on his own life. And his family received a very large insurance payout. So some people say that Holmes put a head out on himself because he didn't have anything to live for at that point, he felt. And he wanted to set his family, you know, he didn't want his family to suffer because mm. his previous attempt at suicide didn't work. So some people think he kind of set it up. He's like, I can't shoot myself. I'm just going to mm-hmm. have somebody else. So no one went down for Jimmy Smith's murder. They knew both Holmes and Brady had to be involved. But either way, someone wanted Smith quiet. And it was almost the perfect murder until that damn shark. Damn that shark. Exposed the arm. You know, he would have just went down as another missing person. Yeah. I'm going to recommend Studio 13 Tattoo. This is a (laughs) shout out to Andy Fitzpatrick. She did mine. Uh, Go see her. Book an appointment. Studio 13. Anyway. As for Brady, his trial went ahead, but without its star witness, you know, of course, everything fell apart. Brady's lawyers argued um, he, he Smith could be out there alive and well, like we said. Uh, so they tr- they did re-arrest Brady for a check forgery, so he was there for a hot minute, but he pretty much got to live the rest of his life until, you know, his mm-hmm. death in 1965. So sadly, the shark... Just side note here, um, they did kill the shark a couple days later to do a full t- autopsy just to make sure there weren't any remains inside of it, mm. and there weren't any. Um, Couldn't they have just done x-rays? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, even more than the question of who done it is the question of how the heck that arm ended up like in the aquarium to begin with. And how well preserved, how an arm could survive so long inside of a shark Hmm. that it was intact enough for the tattoo to still be recognizable and to be successfully fingerprinted because they were even able to match 
the fingerprints mm-hmm. to him. Well, I think that Holmes grabbed that arm after Brady went to his house and said, the deed is done. Here's proof. Mm-hmm. So Holmes took it and threw it into the aquarium. Maybe just a day or so before. The shark was hungry. And yeah. sharks are actually really not meant to eat humans. They don't necessarily even like human meat. No. Um, so, and that's probably what made it sick. The ink of the tattoo. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that's funny well sharks sharks are known to vomit um i did not know that especially when they're under stress mm. so they put a 14 foot shark in a 15 foot swimming pool mm. and had hundreds of people to come and look at it you know yeah. but yeah the timeline was a little weird you know i don't think you're gonna have an arm inside of a shark f- for longer than a week I think that that arm was either frozen because mm-hmm. it was just so like beautifully put together. When I say beautiful, it was beautiful enough to be photographed and put in newspapers. Mm-hmm. And I will put that picture in our post. Oh. So, but you know, in an even later twist, Holmes's wife started to come forward that she knew everything. Um, and she said she knew exactly what had happened to Jimmy Smith in her inner circle. Well, right before she said she was going to come forward, she mysteriously died <gasps> in a fire in 1952. You know, and oh, I can just imagine that you could hide a lot then. You don't leave digital prints on right. everything the way you do now. Mm-hmm. You know, the case kind of went away. And it all just remains a mystery. So, I think Holmes and Brady were in it together. I do too. They were both involved somehow, but this shark story doesn't pass our sniff test, guys. Mm. Something is fishy in the judgy crime (laughs) world. So... Gosh, wow. I'm still trying to envision how you fingerprint a severed arm. Like, do you just wobble it, like, onto the paper? Well, I think it would take two people. Like, me holding the arm and you holding the finger, each finger, and push it on the pad. Okay, well, when I was a little girl, my aunt and uncle used to do this thing to me. They would come behind me, um, and I would do it to you right now, but then it would bang microphones and whatever. But they would come behind me, and they would say, go limp, go limp. Mm -hmm. And they would grab my arms, and they would shake them like this ferociously. Uh, And it just kind of reminds me of this story, and I don't know why. but probably what it looked like. Probably if uh, trying to fingerprint an arm that had a mind of its own, I guess. I'm trying to, like, how much does it weigh? How much does an arm weigh? I shall Google it later. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm having images of uh, it from the Adams family. Mm-hmm. The hand oh, that yeah. just kind of walks around by itself. I'm having all yeah. kinds of imagery going on here. 
Anyway, this was a lot of fun. That was, it's crazy though. But I, I swear those two did it. Yeah, they did it. But who killed Holmes? You think he set up himself to be shot? Or you think he was Well, I'm sure out? there were other people involved in the cocaine business. Oh, yeah. One of them probably did it. Have you seen those cute little signs or t towels for your bathroom that says don't do, do cocaine in the bathroom? Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, they're funny. No cocaine in the bathroom, please. Just to shock your gut. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. What? What? <laughs> oh, oh, man. The things sharks puke. Yeah, I had no idea that they do that at all. Well, yeah, apparently. Yeah. So wow. get lots of tattoos. Mm -hmm. And we want to see your tattoos. Don't get the generic tribal band or whatever get something that sticks out that people would recognize so so if you're ever dismembered we know how to identify you exactly send us the picture and we'll keep it on file oh my gosh <laughs> thanks for listening hey you thanks guys. guys we'll see you next week all right bye, bye.